Hi friends and welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart has been created to be seen, known and loved. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 93. In today's episode, I chat with Jane. She's a stay-at-home mum to seven children. Uh, Her and her husband live in rural Queensland. Um, Jane's story starts as a Catholic. Um, Her parents a little bit disenfranchised with the church. They leave the church. Um, She takes a long journey um, trying different churches throughout her young adult life, um, her married life. Jane's vulnerability, her determination, her pursuit of truth actually leads her right back to the church where she now today has discovered its beauty, its richness, its diversity, its, its broadness but ultimately it's joy. I think you're gonna love Jane's story. She, um, she's a true Aussie with a true Aussie spirit. Welcome to the podcast, Jane. Before we dive into our conversation, I'd love for you to tell the listeners who you are and what your life looks like right now. Sure, thank you for having me, Jess. Um, yes, my name's Jane and um, I live on acreage just outside of Toowoomba in Queensland. Um, I've been married to my husband Mark for nearly 20 years and we have seven children and I also have um, an older stepdaughter Tiana who's nearly 29 um, and yes we've been living in Toowoomba for 20 years and um, run an early childhood business, which we've been doing that whole time. Um, and but the bulk of my time um, is is mama is um, the home duties and looking after the children and yeah, which keeps me well out of trouble. So I bet, I bet. Well, um, it is so lovely to have you on the podcast. Um, I. As always, lives, lives intersect and the Holy Spirit just gently manoeuvres where he, where he wills and uh, I kind of take little leads if I'm obedient enough and end up with the most amazing women on the podcast. So I'm so grateful that you are here. Um, and I don't know your story, but I know you've got one because we all have one and every mm-hmm. Every woman or everybody's story is definitely worth telling. So I'd love for you to tell us your story and, and where does it start and how does it, how's it going? <laughs> we don't know where it's going to end up. but <laughs> Well, I guess, I guess, you know, the ultimate story is our relationship with Christ, isn't it? Mm. And um, that's really what my story is centred on because that's, you know, had the biggest impact on my life. Um, so I guess really my story is about how um, I came back into the forms of the faith in the 
um, back into the Catholic Church after a few, a journey of some twists and turns. And a hiatus. Um, pardon? A hiatus. <laughs> yes, yes. So God's so good. And um, I just love being Catholic and I'm excited to be a Catholic. I think we live in amazing times mm. and I think God's doing great things. So that's that's really um so you said yeah, you center came back into the faith. So you, you were brought up Catholic as a child? You were baptized? Was brought up, was brought up Catholic. Um, um, yeah, I was brought up Catholic. Um, my father was raised Catholic and my mother Salvation Army and she came um became Catholic when she married my father. So mm-hmm. um, we Catholic um, had, I guess, some um, Protestant roots there too, which um, had a Im- big impact on my life too, just through through my mother, just her, a real love and zeal for Christ and for scripture. Um, and in, in saying that, so I obviously was baptised and had my Holy Communion. I attended both Catholic and state schools. Um, but what I would say in a nutshell about growing up Catholic, it wasn't Catholic as I know it now. Um, I, I wasn't raised praying the rosary. Um, I wasn't steeped in Catholic culture. We had, we've had great Catholic friends that we grew up with and are still friends to this day with. Um, but I guess um, I think a lot of people that are within the Catholic Church understand that culturally we've definitely had um, some challenges in the church and one of them, a big one being formation mm. um, and or catechism or lack of, yes. And I would say that impacted my mum's formation um, within the Catholic tradition, um, even though she um, immersed herself in, into the church as best as, as she could. So she had questions and that in turn um, impacted our life. So growing up for me, as I said, we, we didn't pray the rosary or um, I didn't have a life of, um, you know, praying with intercession to saints. Um, we... Um, there was definitely concerns there for my parents in relation to where um, in our circle in Toowoomba at the time um, with with the priests that I guess were in our life um, and things being said that caused, caused some great confusion. So that resulted in my family when I was about 10, um, leaving the church for a period of four or so years and we went to Assembly of God, um, which I guess is a, uh, a charismatic evangelical church, mum and dad. What, what did the Catholic my whole friends life. think of this? Did they, were they? Well, I guess for me in, in my youth, in being young and a child, I didn't, I wasn't privy to that. I, I, I think they would have been concerned, um, but mum and dad went nonetheless. And I guess when they put their minds to things that, you know, they just move and um, and 
I would say, though, you know, I, I will say to my children and, and to friends that God didn't waste that time because I think my encounter perhaps um, or, or my lack of knowledge in relation to um, just even what's occurring in the Mass, so even though I did my Holy Communion, I didn't really have a full understanding of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Um, and so I experienced reverence to a point in, in, the, in the masses, but um, I understood that going to an evangelical church, I probably what we were immersed in was a group of people that had an absolute deal for Christ and for scripture and, and a big emphasis on a relationship with Jesus that perhaps in my experience in um, Catholic culture where I grew up, uh, and I wouldn't say our friends as such, but just in within the schools and, and you know, um, clergy, I would say, I, I didn't see that as, um, as impactful as I did at attending a evangelical church. Mm. So we attended there for four years until I was about, 13, 14, and mum and dad did go back to the Catholic Church. Um, but I guess for me that set in motion a, a, a thing. So if someone asked me what I was, I would say, look, I've been baptised Catholic, but I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. And um, without knowing all the, the, historical, um, the, the historical nature of what, happened in the church and the reformation and um that was not something that i was immensely alert to mm -hmm. um i just thought a christian was a christian so that that's what i would have said through school so you i did have, have been ashamed to say to your evangelical friends that you were catholic was there a was there a stigma attached to it or not no, probably the only stigma was, which was interesting because mum and dad at one point invited our pastor for lunch and dad offered wine. So at that point in, in time, alcohol was a big fat no-no. So uh, that's the only sort of good side. Oh, they don't drink uh, wine. Um, but not really for me, no. It, it, it wasn't, it was sort of just gradually, I, I started understanding that uh, later in life. It wasn't wasn't really a big thing in my life because mum and dad had friends from both Protestant and Catholic circles. So I was immersed in both circles, if you like. Um, and, you know, looking back, God hasn't wasted any of that because he's been able to help me form some great relationships. But even understanding for people that have questions that want to come into the church, I understand, I understand their questions I understand the, the issues that I have at play because I had the same concerns and issues and questions so um in that respect God hasn't wasted it um yeah, so all things, doesn't he he doesn't waste he anything. no he doesn't waste anything and I mean you'll you'll listen to people's testimonies and often the thing that urged them you know you know, God gives them a real heart for that area in their life mm. um, and as, as a testimony to others of what he can do and yeah. restore and, and so forth. But So we, we did return to the church 
Um, but for me at that point, it probably was a bit cemented that you could kind of go anywhere. It didn't matter the denomination so much. Um, but interestingly, even though I had that when I attended college and when I travelled overseas and worked, I didn't attend church every Sunday, but when I did, it was a Catholic church. I was always drawn back to that until really when I got married um, and when my hunger, I guess, grew um, in wanting to get a close relationship with Christ, um, you know, I had more questions and more alert to things. But so when I married, um, I did, my husband was baptised Catholic, not practising, but um, he was Catholic uh, nonetheless and was a believer. I wouldn't did you marry in the Catholic Church or not? We didn't actually. We got married in an Anglican church. Uh -huh. and um, But we have... When we returned to the church, we re we redid our vows with our parish priest. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, obviously, understanding the fullness of the vows in the Catholic yeah. Church is second. To, you know, nothing quite um, is the same. So, um, yeah, my husband. So, what was I saying? Yes, when we when we got married and. I, we weren't attending regular mass when we were dating, but when we got married and particularly um, after having our first child, I really just was a, a, a probably a real catalyst for me and, a, and adorning a realisation that I was responsible for her mm. formation and I needed to get back in line in relation to attending church mm. weekly and not just sporadically and... But at that point, I said to my husband, you know, where would you go? And he did say he wanted to would go to the Catholic Church. And my response to that was, I just don't feel like I'm getting any soul food there. I don't feel anything when I'm there so much. Um, I, there's a reference and a comfort there, but I felt like it was missing something. Um, and, you know, I would put that down to me looking at the, you know, Obviously, when I attend Mass now, it's for Christ and, and the Eucharist and, and a homily is a bonus now. But at the point, at that point, I was looking for good sermons. Yeah. Um, it's so not until did, you actually know what, what the Eucharist actually is. Yeah. Does everything else just seem superfluous? <laughs> like, yeah, if, if, if the priest gives a really good homily, then that definitely adds to it but honestly when you know that that is Christ in the Eucharist you'd, you'd sit through anything wouldn't you <laughs> that's right absolutely and you and you and you very much realize that the priest is not the, the center of yeah and he's of, you of do realize right. <laughs> yeah but um so my husband was very patient with me because even though I would say my my verver in 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 deepening my faith I if I would say I was a little bit ahead of him he um when I said you know why do you want to go back to the Catholic Church I feel like there's nothing there he said well they've got the Eucharist and I mean that I didn't quite understand you know 
mm. in my ignorance, but he was very patient. We attended a Presbyterian church for a couple of years and then um, moved over to a bigger, quite a big church called Church, uh, church of Christ where they held up to a 1,000 people. Um, it was an evangelical church, but um, for want of a better word, not the most happy, clappy place. I don't think my husband could have handled that. But, look, I, you know, I attended Bible studies. I attended women's Bible studies. And I just, in increasing hunger to um, learn, and motherhood really drew that out too, my children. Mm. Um, I think God really used that as a catalyst which he often does, I think, you know, yeah. parent, parent, you know, becoming a parent. Um, our our big C vocation it. really comes into its own when that, that yes. when we're doing what we're meant to be doing, you know. Yes. Well, and, and also for me, just having such loving uh, and very faithful parents, um, I wanted my children to have the same thing mm. that I grew up with in, the, in that way. Um, so that was very important to me. But um, I guess in relation to my, my, so at that point I was probably in my mid-20s, so about 25, 20, uh, sorry, a little bit later than that, sorry, um, 27, 28. And in that period we were at Church of Christ and a few things occurred. So that was a catalyst in um, my desire to return to the church. Um, at that point, at that time, I could have told, I remember saying to my father, which I think, gosh, what an awful thing to say, but that's just where I was at. I said, you know, the Catholic Church seems a little bit cultish, Dad, you know, and um, I probably hurt him at the time and I think, oh, goodness, but that's just really where I was at at the time. But a why few things happened. Can you pinpoint why well, you Oh, look, it's probably just influenced by what you read and, um, you know, dialogue with other people. And, you know, it can look a bit like that when when you look at the Vatican and the papacy and the vestments and the... I mean, there's, I'm a traditionalist, so in a lot of ways I liked it, but I also was a little bit unsettled, to be honest, with it too. I didn't quite know what to make of it. And, again, I just put that down to ignorance. Mm-hmm. Not not understanding church history, not understanding the purpose of the papacy, but also being someone who wasn't really raised, um, you know, learning about that either. I mean, not even attending a Catholic school taught me really very much about that, which says something. Yeah. Um, so I guess that is what, what it is, but... Um, but a couple of things, events unfolded, um, which were were catalysts. Um, one one being um, in relation to um, the topic of abortion. There was a bill going forward in Queensland, and to and I mean this is I mean it's gone through now, but this was several years earlier about. Um, putting forward, a, an MP put a bill forward to basically legalise abortion to full term. I was um, involved with Emily's Voice, which is a, um, a pro-life organisation um, that um, really wants to 
advocate for the unborn and the mother. And I really got behind that. And so when this bill came forward, I thought I'll be able to get a coach load of people that attend a thousand place seated church to come down to this. And I got nobody. And so that really unsettled me. Mm-hmm. And I, there was some conversations that unsettled me um, and just, I guess, planted that seed of doubt in you know this is supposed to be a christian church and in my mind if you're christian you know abortion or you know and the dignity of human life it was just an absolute no-brainer and and it was scriptural and there was no argument um but then i guess i i guess i was shocked into saying that that wasn't the case so that that really planted a a bit of a seed of an unsettling if you like Mm -hmm. around um, because I knew within the Catholic Church, even though I wasn't thinking, oh, I, I need to go back to the Catholic Church, I knew from my Catholic roots that was just an absolute solid, that the dignity of the human life to conception to natural death, that that was to not be played with, um, and the preciousness, preciousness of the unborn. So um, the second sort of... So at this point, you had three children, did you? I had had just, and I had, yes, and my third was, he was still little. Um, so it was, you know, I just, you know. So you weren't unusual in the fact, like you weren't, you know, three was a good size family for a. Oh, no, I, I always, I told my, you know, my husband very early in the piece when we started dating that I wanted a big family and I, I you know, I threw the number in six. I was the baby of six and if you'd asked me when I was little I was I always wanted to have six children a big family I loved growing up in a big family so that um that side of things we weren't as influenced um in relation to contraception that sort of thing. your congregation were you seen as uh, a oh, in relation to having three children yeah uh, and pro-life like this may have yeah but the, the pro I, I guess that's um, the con, you know, it's the elephant in the room that was never discussed. So I actually had a meeting with the pastor about it after this event where I got no one, you know, I, you know, sign up to attend uh, a cherished life rally. Um, and I was very unsettled and saw the pastor about it. And in that time, without even having the Catholic language, but I knew we had a creed and, and, um, and I wasn't even necessarily associating being with Catholic, but it was my roots. And so when I saw the, the pastor, I said, look, this, this occurred. And I said, you know, what is your church's creed? Do you have a creed in relation, you know, what your belief system? And, he's, and that sort of, you know, I guess when I learned that, well, we do come under this banner, but it comes down to the individual churches. So that was probably for my first kind of educated thing of going, okay, so it comes down to sort of personal opinion. And it wasn't that he wasn't pro-life, but it was definitely something that it's not something that we're going to talk from the pulpit. It was yeah. too sensitive. And, um, and yeah, so that, that was that unsettling there, but, I guess I was working Emily's voice and I started connecting with people that I'd gone to AOG with at the time that we sort of grew up at the same time at Assembly of God. 
and they were in the pro-life movement. So I wasn't discouraged to think that all Protestants were not um, pro-life or anything because I was working with people that were. But in that time, we moved in with my parents and the plan was to be there for a year whilst our house was being built. And in that time, my parents got EWTN. So when we moved in, they were just, you know, devouring content of EWTN, you know. Um, and, you know, I was witnessing my parents, you know, kneeling down and praying the rosary and praying to my mercy chaplain. It was all a bit new for me. It was a little bit, hmm, you know, perhaps a little bit unsettling. Um, they were always prayerful, but I never saw them pray like that with the rosary beads and stuff. Did you think that was cultish? Did you think that was cultish? Is that where the thought? Oh, look, there's that, a little bit of the influence and it was, it was things that my mother wasn't quite comfortable with either around mm -hmm. the papacy, the rosary and Marian doctrine and, the, and Mary's place. Um, that was something my mother had questions on. So I was also influenced by on her uncertainty. So that, that was something within family, but also in, um, you know, being in, in the Protestant circles too, that it just didn't sit, you know. Um, and it, again, it comes down to an ignorance of not knowing, you know, when you, when you understand the history um, uh, you know, the historical reference and, and the scriptural reference, and it becomes very beautiful to you. But mm. at the time, it was just a bit, hmm. So when they asked me to join in, I kind of, you know, very politely said no. Although I did start doing the Divine Mercy Chaplet, I was okay with that because that was directed to, to Jesus. I wasn't quite ready to ask for Mary's intercession yet. <laughs> but, um, and in that time, they, they got a set of discs on Theology of the Body by Christopher West. And that just had a massive impact on me. So, you know, this, you know, the thing in relation to the pro-life thing and, and the, sec, you know, sexuality and the purpose of marriage and, you know, what God was working on that with me, um, you know, the experiences at the church I was attending in relation to life issues and listening to, theology, you know, the Theology of the Body being unpacked, if you like, just had a profound impact on me, just that dignity of the human person. Um, I remember being your, very emotional. Sorry, uh, did that turn your heart towards uh, the papacy, considering it was coming from a pope? <laughs> yeah, I think what impacted me was like I, I was like I, I found it amazing that this this old celibate priest could unpack human sexuality much much better than someone that actually was not celibate yeah. that's probably what impacted me that his understanding um, and language that I think something in my heart that I felt but could not he unpacked the words I think that a feeling that I felt yeah you know and that's that what the dignity of the human person even within marriage and and so forth. So I had a, I guess it opened that door of a, of a respect there, not necessarily for the papacy, but for um, the priests. So, yeah. So, you know, the, these little, you know, they were sort of all intertwining and 
one of the things my parents had was a weekly Bible study and I was happy. I liked Bible studies and, but they were reading and I can't remember the author, but it was basically the book was the Jewish roots of the mass. Mm -hmm. And that also, you know, just seeing the biblical references to the mass and, you know, within the Old Testament and, and bringing it into the new. Um, Grant Petrie. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I, I can't who the author was. So there's also the Jewish roots of Mary. Okay. The Jewish Roots of Jesus. They're meant to be amazing books. I have read none of them, but I, they are on my yeah. list. Well, okay. I didn't know there was a trilogy, but yeah. that sounds something I'd be very interested to read. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, God didn't waste that year of me returning home. So my, I guess my, I witnessed my parents just falling in love with, they'd already fallen in love with Jesus but it was witnessing them falling in love with his church mm. and um, and all that goes with and, it. And all that goes with it. And, I mean, they, they're, you know, my mum, you know, gets very excited and wants us all, all in there, but she had to wait a little bit more patiently for me. Mm. Um, but I am forever grateful for their witness. Yeah. Um, and, and their vulnerability too because I would... You know, they always just gen genuine. I, my, their witness to me was just an absolute genuine desire to, to have a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, so that, there was a vulnerability in that because you can make mistakes in that and, you know, weaves and turns. So um, I'm forever grateful for that. And, you know, hopefully. Did they never criticised you, maybe, like staying away? Like how did they, were they just... <laughs> Well, no, because I think my mum fully understood because mm. she, we did it together. As I mean, it wasn't my whole family. By the time we went to ARG, my older siblings, a few of them had, had already left home. So it was sort of the younger three. There were six of us and it was the younger three that went to Assembly of God. But my, my adult siblings came in too. But I guess they were looking as well. Um, um, I still have one sister who um, she attends a Presbyterian church so and just has a beautiful faith and the love of Jesus and very prayerful woman. Um, mm. So she also attended as well. But um, no, mum was mum understood. But you know, it, we, I guess I grew up. We talked a lot of. There was no talking really sport or weather in our place. It was pretty often, you know lots of robust conversation I grew up with that so you know we still you know had that there was lots of robust conversation and I threw things at them and they threw things back and I could see that they were just um me witnessing them devouring this definitely had an impact in it and because of these other things that were occurring for me um and my prayer about my prayer forming was I want your truth, Lord. Mm. I want your truth, Jesus, even if it hurts, like even if I feel confronted. Mm. Um, that was my prayer at the time. And Such a beautiful, uh, vulnerable prayer because you, you, you're opening yourself up to be hurt. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I was attending a... a I was attending a, a Bible study with a, bunch, a, a group of women from 
Church of Christ, and this was all happening at the same time, and one of the girls, she actually was raised Catholic and, and was attending Church of Christ too, so I felt a little bit more. And her family come from quite a devout family. Um, so I felt a little bit freer to talk to her, but, um, you know, at one point sort of very much sort of later in it, I said, I, I think I'm going to be that we're returning to the church. And, and, and in saying this, there was lots of dialogue going on with my husband, but for him it was a bit of a no-brainer. He was just waiting for me <laughs> to come as well. Um, what, what, brought so him, what brought him? Why was he, how come he was there before you? I, I think what was always a Eucharist for him, um, even though he, I would call him a lapsed, he was a lapsed Catholic when I met him. He, he did believe, but he, um, and he, he came, he was witness to um, his father, but particularly his grandfather being a very faithful man. I didn't have, see him a lot, but one of his, fondest memories of his grandfather is he always greeted or said goodbye with the sign of the cross on the forehead mm. so these little things sit with you and and God uses them I think you know mm. and um in in your walk with him when you think back at times you think wow that was mm. that was a reinforcement there but so for Mark it was the Eucharist he had a better understanding of that than I even though um so it, it, there was no argument um, to go back. So when really I was expecting our fourth Christian, um, we were still at Church of Christ and it was when I was expecting him and, and I think I just, yeah, I was still expecting him and we moved back. We moved back to the church. So I was 30, turning 31 at the time. And your um, friend, the friend that was Catholic at is she still there? Yeah, so she, yeah, she's still, she's still, I don't know if she attends that church, but she, no, she hasn't come back to the church, but she has a very prayerful mother. Do, <laughs> um, do you still keep in contact with her? Not, no, not really, no. It's, um, but, you know, I just thank God. I, I do thank God that it was in my children, my children were little when it occurred. I'm, I think it would have been harder if it was now when they were older. You know, when you've sort of cement, you know, you, you cement relationships and friendships and culture. You know, Catholic culture is a whole thing in itself. I had to, I had to learn all the, yeah. all the words, magisterium and and novena, and you know, it was, it's almost like another language. But I devoured testimonies. Yeah. Um, I. Um, there's a EWTN, I think it's Rome Sweet Rome. Um, Rome Sweet Home. Rome Sweet Home. Rome, yes, where they it's just interviews of people that have um, test, you know, their testimony into the church. And I just devo I devoured testimonies. I couldn't get enough of it. So my my last hurdle really was Mary and the and um, the relationship with her. There was, you know, there's some scary, you know, when um, but some of the scary Catholic, you know, they can seem a little bit scary. Matt Frad talks about them. Is it Dom, Dominatrix? Yeah. Um, uh, mediator, yeah. you know, some of these words can sound a little bit. Idols, yeah. Yes, can Terror be a little bit. Yes, so, but, you know, I, 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 again, I was just reading, consuming, and I read a lot about 
Scott Hahn and he obviously, his hurdle, one of his big hurdles was Mary and it's obviously not uncommon. Mm-hmm. But I remember being in bed and it was about three in the morning and just, convert, you know, conversing with God, praying and just saying, look, you've just... Three in the morning unpacked. pretty pretty essential. Yeah, is that a significant... I think someone just maybe told me recently that was a the bit of a of special number. Yeah, there you go. That's a new. That's one another thing I've learnt. But I just called it insomnia at the time. But anyway, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's a God incident. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. But you know, just praying said, you know, look, you've you've just revealed so much to me. But I don't want to commit idolatry. And but you've and but I'm going to step out in faith because I feel that you know I've obviously read enough. There's still just that little bit of uncertainty, and but I'm just going to, you know, want a better word, just leap off the cliff. And so I just started committing to praying the rosary and um, just had some beautiful experiences within that meditative prayer, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Our Lady and, um, you know, growing a relationship with her, you know, and... I think I said it earlier, the things that can often perhaps be your biggest hurdles can end up being you just, you know, it's so beautiful and it's such a gift from God that he's given us a mother. And I think particularly as mothers and as women, um, looking to her, her relationship as Christ's mother here and, and you know, Queen of Heaven, um, it's such a gift and I'm so glad I've got it now. Mm. Um, you know, like, sorry. It's brought me to tears a little bit because I, I'm the opposite because our lady was always someone that I felt I could approach because she was feminine. I think I was frightened of God being, you know, like a policeman in the sky and our lady yeah. was softer a nicer place to land but hearing mm. like he uses it all our insecurities and all our, all our hang-ups and he uses mm. those places to just love us there and to bring mm. consolation there so our lady mm. I was apologizing to Jesus after mass one day and our lady said very directly to my heart don't apologize like because I was saying I'm sorry that I went to your mother and not to you and mm, you know, mm. we're really complex beings but we're actually really simple <laughs> we complicate we are, and you know you know because I, I I know all the arguments in relation to Mary and why but I just you know in a lot of way God mirrors that those heavenly relate you know the relationship with our lady and and himself um where we can relate to it even in family life. Like when my children want something, they come to me, mm. you know. They, they often come to mum and to intercede for them. Yeah. You know, that's just in a very real way. And, yeah. you know, I think I, I can see those correlations in just relationship yeah. and um, Obviously, family, family life, and the dynamic of a family, you know. Um, and obviously, I can go direct to Christ, but gosh, it's so comforting to know that I have His mother, that He's gifted His mother to us too, and um, 
all the look all the cloud of witnesses you know the scripture talks about the cloud of witnesses all the saints so really you know so I guess it's nearly I guess 14 years now that we've been back in the church and God keeps revealing you know I think you don't finish learning until take you know you take your last breath so um just for me um you know unpacking the intercept you know the the relationship just even with with the saints and um you know people will talk about people converting like christians converting to to catholicism and you know language is powerful and and i have a another friend who i you know have has become a friend and he's now actually my little girl arabella's um godfather but he his family he grew up at assembly of god and he came into the church sort of eight to ten years ago through things like theology of the body was a real impact and 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 a a trigger in journeying him into the church so you know god puts these people in your life that were there in the past and and you see that he was work the holy spirit was working in them a very similar fashion to yourself did he know you were on the same journey or he he did in as far as because i was involved with emily's voice which is a pro-life organization he had a little bit to do with that so i would see him Mm-hmm. a little bit but also some of his friends that also were associated with assembly of god so i think well you know could have could have been any other church in toowoomba but it just so happened to be the one that i attended and our family had a little bit to do with theirs we weren't super close but we had a little bit to do with them and i knew him um so that was a spin out for me i just think wow you know god is working yeah. like that's not a fluke that's providence that is absolute providence and and it reinforces your your stirring because you think wow that god's moving in the same similar way in them um in their own life but yet simultaneously the same things happening with me and i think i don't know that that does give you a comfort it also gives you a strength that you think oh yeah i'm i want more of this i'm i'm going in the right direction it's the power of testimony too as you say you couldn't get enough of it like we need to hear people's stories Mm. there's such power in in the ordinary even though it's absolutely extraordinary it's it's ordinary yeah Yeah. um well and it it, you know for me it it just hasn't impacted me but it's impacted my family so that the benefit of hearing people being vulnerable very vulnerable in in sharing their stories um has impacted how I am as a mother and impacted um, and helped me um, with my formation of the children and mm. teaching them, you know. So it, you know, benefits all around, you know, and generationally. So yeah. my children have benefited from that. But um, do you know that yeah, Christopher so, West is coming in two weeks? I didn't. Oh, Matt, is, is that with Perusia Media? Maybe. No, he's, he's coming to Sydney. Okay. If you want to hop on a plane and come down. Plane, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen him once talk at real a real talk. I don't know if you know of real talk. They, I guess they talk about chastity in schools. It's a Catholic organisation yep. based in Brisbane. They go around all the schools. And he was one of their lead speakers at um, one of their real talk dinners. And... 
yeah, that was, I met him in the lift, so I thought I was pretty chuffed with that. That was I didn't another want to God <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's right. So, um, uh, you know, I was, I was just going to say quickly, you know, talking to people about having conversion, like a, a Christian converting to Catholicism, I said, well, they've already had the conversion. They've converted to Christ. What they are actually receiving is the fullness of the faith. And the Eucharist is at the summit, you know. I mean, the, I think Catechism talks that it is the summit. And that's what you get. You get all the bells and the whistles and you get that, you know, that veil between earth and heaven is a lot thinner than thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just beautiful, I think. You know, I was writing up my calendar this week, the new calendar, and I'm writing all these feast days in and, and you know, I said to the kids, all the all the fun feast days, they're all Catholic. Every one of them, you know, <laughs> from Valentine, you know, Valentine's Day, from Saint Valentine, and yeah. you know, all, all of it is Catholic. You know, it's it it's so full yeah. and enriching, and and the culture, you know, you inherit culture to a culture when yeah. um, you're Catholic. And what so, a service that. Um, has befallen the church, sadly, in not um, not sharing the culture. Like, you know, you said before that your Catholic school, you didn't, you know, you weren't catechised and um, you came out of it not knowing. You finished at a Catholic school, right? Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, but not knowing much of your faith. Um, how poor off we are by not teaching truth, mm. like the mm. fullness of the truth, all of it, yeah. watering it and down. And with great joy and with and a beautiful joy with it, you know, mm. it is exciting to be Catholic. Yeah. And, I, and I'm overjoyed to see that my, I can see that my children and, and my older children are very excited to be Catholic. So God is, and, and when I, you know, you know, a follower of Christ and, and, and the gift of his church, so um you know I think if anything I if I converse with with people because I think obviously people that have been raised Catholic in only Catholic circles and 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 mass you know I guess the Protestant churches and 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 Protestants or other denominate you know the, the denominations are very foreign it's like a foreign place and I'm very look I'm very grateful really that God allowed me that time in there because I've met wonderful people, wonderful witnesses, mm. people that really love Jesus. And um, and I just say, come on over, you know. <laughs> um, I, I, my sons are actually attending a, a new school this year and I had an interview with the principal and he, he said, are you guys, are you Catholic? And I went, so it's not a Catholic school. And it's a liberal arts-based school, but um, he said, "Are you Catholic?" I said, "Yes." He said, "You're the most Protestant-sounding Catholic I've ever met." <laughs> um, and he said, "And interestingly, he was baptized Catholic." So that that that's that's interesting. But well, you know, that's another God incident. Yeah, you, you know. But um, what's yeah, what's what's three things you would recommend? for somebody who is interested in the faith or has these kind of 
stirrings in their heart? Where would you, what would you tell them to read or where would you send them or what would you get them, encourage them to do? I think, um, well, even read a book like The Jewish Roots of the Mass because it's steeped in scripture. Mm -hmm. um, to read the early church fathers or um, because they were the disciples of the disciples mm. um, and testimonies like I, I, you know, I mean that, that, I mean, everyone's walk is different, but um, those testimonies, because when you listen to enough of them, you start seeing again, that those, um, how they weave they weave together really because you'll see those common factors coming in you know even the, the you know being confronted with where does Mary sit in all of this and you know I, I think for people it wasn't foreign to me but for people particularly coming in and and looking to to come into the, the church and go to a mass for the first time you know it can be confronting to see the statues and it can be very beautiful for them, but potentially a little bit unsettling. But um, so listening to those, listening to people's testimonies, um, I've often, I guess I put people onto um, people like Father Mike Schmitz and Ascension Presents. I think they are a wonderful tool for evangelising because they talk in a way that people understand them. Mm. And in lay terms, and that they've got that shot, you know, that love, the joy, and the eye, which I think is really important. Yeah. And um, just I that we're doing love. the Catechism in a Year podcast. Yes. Yes. I've started listening to that. Yes. So, um, yes, I think that's, I mean, that was my, everybody's story is different, but I think that's. That's where I would point them. And, and it depends on who it was. If it was a young person, as you know, we live in an age where you've just got so much at your fingertips and you can do it from your lounge room and even your couch where such great material yeah. out there, you know, um, podcasts and, and YouTube things. I, I often pop things on when I'm driving the children to school, uh, uh, you know, a sn snippet of father mike schmitz because he does these little you know eight minute sound bites on something you know why should you get married you know why do we get married in the church and not in a garden you know lots of little things like that but yeah. um, so i have pointed people in those sort of directions too because they're little sound bites that it's not too intense but it's just you know you want to know about purgatory here's a little eight minute clip but you know there's so much more there but that gives that's enough starter. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. That's wonderful. And, uh, and you know, I, I just love, you know, just um, Protestants aren't your enemy. Like they are our separated brothers and sisters and we actually have, they have a lot to give. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to learn from them and they have a lot mm. to learn from us. Like mm. it's, mm. That's right. And. We're it's, on the it's same just team. We, we just need to share the rules. Not the rules. That, but that's right. That's right. And um, be unapologetically Catholic, you know. 
But yeah. we can't, I mean, it's interesting with converts or people that have reverted to the faith, you can get a little bit arrogant or self-righteous because mm. you've got the truth, you know. Mm. So you have to, I guess, you know, my word for this year is humility. Have humility in it and be a little bit vulnerable with it. And, um, yeah, you know, how you practice your faith is a witness in itself. So yeah, I endeavour to do that, not, not perfectly, but every day is a new day. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jane. Um, I'm sure there's yes. a lot in there that people can unpack and uh, take inspiration from. Um, yeah. It has been beautiful chatting with you. You do show uh, that, you know, the, the joy of the Holy Spirit there in what you're saying. It's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you, Jess. It's lovely. Thanks I'm for so having me. I'm that you're home. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, it. Thank you. We're not finished yet because before yeah. I finish every podcast, I ask my guests something that brought them joy this week. So as you um, pull on those amazing earrings of yours, <laughs> I'm going to ask you what's brought you joy this week. Well, what's I guess what's brought me joy that comes to mind first is uh, getting to hold my great niece and nephew, my my the oldest grandchild has they've got a little toddler but they've just had little twins twin babies and I got to have big cuddles uh, even after church on Sunday just holding these little beautiful babies and um they're such a gift and so precious and and seeing my my children and particularly my little girls just be in love with them so that gave me joy oh how lovely that's beautiful how old are they oh new they're just awake yeah they're just they were born on the third so they're just very fresh and being twins tiny too oh they're well yeah they were six pounders so they weren't too bad but still little still little tiny for me do you have big babies i've yeah i've most of mine were eight pound 12 and yeah. um yeah so yeah six I've never had a six pounder so yeah. I can't relate <laughs> yeah, yeah me either weenie <laughs> oh, well what brought me joy was swimming laps today my husband came home he's been working all holidays um and he came home from work early today and he said let's go for a swim so we went and did a k at the local pool and there's something about putting your body in water that is so good for the soul. And it just always reminds me, swimming in my lane, just stay in your lane. Don't mm. compete with, with Fabio next door who's got muscles on muscles and, you know, yes. probably yeah. it hasn't birthed. Or marathon mama who's on the next lane. Yeah, exactly. Who's... Just stay in your lane. Stop trying yeah. to compete. It's so good for yeah. me because I need, I'm, yeah. I need to stay in my lane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's good. So that brought me joy. That's anyway, lovely. I have taken Thank up you, enough of your time. <laughs> I am very, <laughs> very lovely. grateful. So thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Jess. God bless. God bless. Okay.